I'm the GOAT The greatest of all time The greatest of all time The greatest of all time All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro Nobel Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. So, yeah, so as we truck along uh, in the NFL scene, um, I want to get into um, this Russell Wilson situation uh, here shortly because I know you know, like I said, to me, the the major, the national sites and everything are starting to really dive into this relationship uh, with him and Sean Payton. I mean, this is not a shock to me. I mean, I know more. This has a lot to do more with Sean than I do Russ, but then it does Russ in my because Russ, I think there's Russ fatigue for the national media after last year. Um, there's so many times you control a guy, kick him when he's down break them down to nothing so this is more about the intrigue of sean payton and his credit report and his credibility uh but i think there's a serious legit question that needs to be asked because of the situation that the denver broncos and the organizations in and especially george payton uh but before we get to that i want to continue the news reporting that i've been doing on the dallas cowboys this off season and i know it sounded and it has sounded redundant but again, it keeps giving me information every day when I'm looking like, hey, what should we talk about today? Well, not Javion Clowney, Jonas, but what 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 Clowney do not Clowney I mean curse, not Javion curse. But who is it? His mom named him. This is J Ron. J Ron. Javon curse is I know. in his 40s I, now. No. Yeah, he's been out. He's a beast, though. He was a beast. J Ron curse. Um, you know, there's again, we've talked about camp scuffles and Dallas had two back to back fights in camp yesterday. It's hot, man. I mean, it's not as hot as out there in Oxford, California is most of it, but it's hot everywhere. Okay. Um, and these fights are pretty much normal in, in camp for the most part, but, um, curse had a message for the rest of the NFL and he just said, hey, we're not taking any blank. Or I should say, we're not taking any feces from nobody. We're not. And then here comes Michael Parsons like, hey, yeah. He goes, look, man, he goes, I'm going to keep elevating the level out here. I'm, what I do is going to make this, this, you know, championships start here. You know, Super Bowl start here. And, you know, I'm going to raise my level because I don't care if it's Zach. I don't care who it is. He goes, I'm, I'm trying to beat him. I don't care if it's Tyron Smith. I'm going to beat him, and that's just what it is. Because I'm trying to tough him up. Look, man. It, you know, I get it. You know, you you got to have. I mean, Michael Par. What we're really seeing is Michael Parson is coming in his own. Michael Parson has gotten here out of Penn State, Happy Valley, and he's been around here a couple years, and he's starting to sniff in the locker room, and he's saying, hmm. There's really no dog. There's really no alpha males in here. He's coming in his own. He's heard all the praise. He's heard the LT comparisons and he could be. And he's heard Dallas Nation really talk him up. And now he's going in the organization in that locker room and he's basically trying to take over as being the leader. Now, I don't have a problem with that. 
I mean, like I've always said, leadership, you got to, I mean, you have to be born a leader. The leaders, you can't, a leader can't teach another leader how to be a leader. There are certain people that have to play that role in life. And that's not just in sports, that's in real life. There's a lot of followers. There's a lot of people that just float with the wind. And then there's leaders. And you're born that way. Okay, you can't change your mind on that. You can't go through a transition and say, you know what, man, I don't like who I'm being. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna transition into being a leader. But I will tell you this: the consistency of I've have. I'll keep saying this. I'm very interested. Like right now, I was just like, all right, man. You know what? Everybody says this is the year Dallas is gonna win the Super Bowl. This is the deal. They're finally gonna get over the hump. Jerry said, you know, sells a bag of goods to everybody the Forbes report comes out at the same time same year hey they're the most lucrative team in the in professional sports of the coast of north america in the world and then it's like you go play it and they're like oh hey man they're five and one and then collapse so to me i was to the point to like you know what let me just see what happens i know what's at stake i know kellen moore's been thrown on the bus i know that basically the demise of zeke elliott has been overrated but let's see what happens. But I think as, as more of these stories come out and the more that I look at, it, in my opinion, I'm not saying everybody sees it this way, the way I'm seeing it. But in my opinion, it's made me more interested to get to the season to see how they really going to perform, because there is a lot of talking going on from them. And it's not so much of them like, hey, man, we're going to kick y'all's ass. We're going to be good. I don't take it that way. I take it like they are really trying to talk. They're trying to convince themselves. Like, I don't know, maybe Jerry or Stephen Jones, they went out and seek the team sports psychologist and they've had meetings and they've had, you know, meditation meetings. And this is what's instilled in them. I don't know. But everybody, especially on the defensive side and defense is really the one that's doing the most talking. Now, I know Dak said, hey, man, I'm not going to have double digit interceptions this year. But the woofing and the talking has normally become you know from the defensive side of the ball it has started with Micah Parsons Demarcus Lawrence chimed in the other day so everybody needs to be on notice it don't matter who we're playing it, it's a lot so to me they're trying to be great Micah has put it out there that we're looking at we, we we're trying to reach for that 85 bear status which I think is just so absurd because the rules don't even allow that anymore like there I don't care how good a defense you are you're not going to be able to dominate defensively when I'm talking about points against and scoring like that because the rules are aren't the same it favors more of the offense but it's a lot of talking going on and again they open up with the Giants I'm hearing Darren Waller's killing it in Giants camp. I'm hearing him like they got him lined up in receiver positions. I'm hearing he's Daniel Jones' uh, safety blanket. But we'll see. Everybody's got things getting reported out of camp. You gotta you gotta weave through what you think is just the false propaganda, the malarkey, as Uncle Joey calls it. You gotta weave through it. couple other things is coming out of camp as well, too. Um, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera has yet and doesn't feel like he wants to commit to naming the week one starting quarterback and giving it to Howe. Ron Rivera has been a disaster 
managing quarterback competitions and quarterback decisions. If I was Ron Rivera, and I understand that, you know, this is a male-dominated sport, that there's a lot of testosterone in here, there's a lot of ego involved. But if I'm Ron Rivera and knowing that I've just got a new ownership, thank God, because I do believe you're going to see effect of them just or just the way they play on the field because just that black cloud of Daniel Snyder being lifted from them. You will see a difference. But if I know that I'm Ron Rivera and my job is on the line because this ownership group with Magic Johnson, nobody chose me. They didn't hire me. If you're bringing this Eric B. Enemy in and he's coming from the world champion Kansas City Chiefs, been around Patrick Mahomes since he's been in the league, been around Andy Reid, under the Andy Reid tree. If I'm Ron Rivera, I am letting Eric Bieniemy choose who's going to win this quarterback battle. He, he, I mean, he, the, the Heineke and Carson Wentz situation was a fumble. It was an Ernest Biner fumble at the goal line. Sorry, John, I couldn't help it. You know, in the AFC Championship, oh, he fumbled it again. Last year was a drive. It was, oh, like I said, Return of the Jedi Star Wars, Star Wars uh, blankets I was laying on when that took place. I couldn't remember. The drive was one thing, but then the other thing was like, man, this is really happening again? Had a flashback. Sorry, it's been a while. But... He fumbled and he just fumbled a bag, as the youngsters say. Eric B. Enemy should be making this decision. And not only that, y'all drafted how? How came for Carolina, right? North, I think he came out of Carolina, Mac, Mac Brown. You drafted this guy. Like, there's been no signal caller there that's carried anything since Kirk Cousins. Like, let Eric B. Enemy. Like, I mean, you, you you came in here and just said, man, he's loud. And then you had to backtrack it, which I didn't think it was nothing wrong with that. But I, I don't know. There were some peers that took offense to that, I, I guess. But the reality of it is you've hired this guy that's been around gold. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Let him make the decision. And it should be how. Y'all drafted him. Let him go. I mean, I got a lot of respect and love for Jacoby Brissett. But we've seen that movie before. We've seen it with Indy. We, I mean, we've seen it with New England briefly. We've seen it with Indy. Then we've seen it with Cleveland. Jacoby's that 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 save a brother. He, he's like, hey man, that brother just came. Like he, he's almost like brother man for Martin. He just show up out the window. Like that's how Jacoby's treated. And all he says like, hey brother, in case something goes around with brother number one, you come in. And but you know what? I ain't hating on Jacoby because he's direct depositing all the time. <laughs> he's got. A, he's keeping a job. I'm pretty sure Cam Newton and the rest of the people would love to trade places with Jacoby Brissett. But the point is, man, let Howe go. Just name him the starter because the one thing that sometimes that can hurt teams offensively and just chemistry-wise in a locker room, you know, you got to really – the number one thing coaches want to do, in my opinion, what they should do is avoid a quarterback competition. You don't really want quarterback competition in camp. And the guys on defense even and the guys office, they want to know who they're going into battle with. It's better sooner than later. And with everything on the line with the commanders and how much stunk they've been in and how much the cesspool down, 
I mean, John Riggins is rolling around in his grave, man. It, like, it's been a long time. Like, go with how? Like, and why do you have to announce it to the media? Like, he just cannot handle quarterback competitions or oversee him. It's just ridiculous. What do you got? Well, he was asked about the, the starting situation, and as we are get, getting closer, and he, he did say, you know, Eric Bieniemy and, you know, Tavita Pritchard, who's a QB coach over there, um, will come together on this decision. But what if right now Bieniemy isn't ready to name a quarterback either? Because Bieniemy comes from Kansas City, where they had no problem sitting a quarterback to learn the system over the course of a year. And so if he's coming in now, and this is his first time working with Howell, and you do have Jacoby Brissett, who's a pro's pro, can go out there and he's run multiple systems. Uh, he can go out there and get the job done throughout the year while you develop Sam Howell under Eric Bieniemy because this is Bieniemy's first audition too, and he's going to be graded on a on a on a on a slight curve, or almost or I would say a, a reduced curve, because we have the expect expectation coming from Kansas City. And we, and and if if he were to come out with Howell and and Howell doesn't work in the system, then all of a sudden we say Bieniemy wasn't cut out for an offensive coordinator job, let alone a head coaching job. I'm not saying that's where you and I would jump to, but as, as a national conversation, it's it's a, it's a quick it's a quick step there. Look, let me tell you something. So man. he might he might want to be in, in, in speaking of Bieniemy making sure that they come out with the safer option right now as well. Let me tell you something. If how they know who they want to start. Eric B, I see what you're saying, but the truth of the matter, if the physical talents and attributes won't even allow Jacoby Brissett to beat Hal out in competition. And I love Jacoby. The only thing that's beaten Hal out of competition, the only reason why Eric B or Ron Rivera would start Jacoby Brissett it meaning that and it, it'd be and that would be like, hey man, it would be the fact that how cannot he doesn't get this system. He's having a hard time with the system, going on rhythm, trying to read defenses pre-snap, trying to understand what Eric B. Enemy once ran, the personnel sets. Then the bottom line of it is he's he's failing in the classroom. It, it Jacoby Percet's skill level and what I've seen, that is not going to beat Howell out in camp. So to me, they know it's Hal. I understand you not really want to announce it from a Ron Rivera. I'm not going to put words in Eric B's mouth because I don't really I haven't seen Eric B enemy in this situation before. Because we all know Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes made all the decisions. Andy Reid probably said, hey, man, do you want a job or not? Then just 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 stay right there. I ain't, I mean, that's wrong, man. That's black on black crime. I'm not going to diminish the brother like that. Shame on me. But the reality of it is we've never seen Eric B in a situation like, hey, man, it's you because we know the offense was trash under this coaching regime. You got Jack Del Rio that's so damn outdated. His defenses went out with like damn near the, the Reagan administration. You got Ron Rivera that you know, I love Ron. He, I mean, he's every again. Let me say this because this man is a cancer survivor. Like you can't meet anybody that ever can say anything about bad about Ron Rivera. My crit criticism comes between the lines. I don't like the whole riverboat Ron. His go look at how many times other than that Super Bowl trip and we had a he had a what do you call it a Superman? He had an MVP that year. 
Other than that, Carolina, go look at his record from the Chargers. Go look, and I challenge, go look how many winning seasons he's had. But anyway, they know it's how. And if it ain't how, then if I'm a Commanders fan, I'm very concerned. I'm very concerned. 877-37-GRIND. Also, what else do we got going on here? Um, as I stated, the Denver Broncos' last day technically in camp is today, if I'm not mistaken. They, they close up camp, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of anticipation in regards to this offseason, uh, really for the last two seasons with this franchise, because you had the Russell Wilson trade, then you had, you know, Denver Nation, Orange Nation, just sitting there just salivating for just competent quarterback play. And then you make this trade, you bring in this, you know, uh, Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl appearance quarterback, you know, never won an MVP, but multiple Pro Bowler quarterback. And you bring in this rookie coach with pretty much a rookie coaching staff next year. All you all you teams out here this year that are trotting out pretty much rookie coaching staffs, be proceed with caution. Indy, a lot of these, Arizona, proceed with caution because it's tough. But I want to get into exactly talk about how what's realistic to how much leash Russell Wilson really has under the circumstances, what's on the horizon with a decision they will have to make at the end of this 2023 season. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. Wonder why she like me I'm drowning in water I just bought a Cuban Dipped it in a fountain all right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. So we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND is your number. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before boiling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey delivers 
an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. Don't forget, Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, and it's an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. That is Pillin Whiskey, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. All right. So, keeping it moving uh, and keeping it going. Yes, yeah, so, you know, the Russell Wilson situation uh, and Sean Payton coming into this season, I knew this was going to be a story, you know, along with what Aaron Rodgers was going to do and things. I'm not saying that damn sure ain't got that much run as that. But I knew that there were this, this relationship and because of Sean Payton was going to garner a lot of attention. Well, it's starting to pick up across the pace of the sports landscape in our industry, in the sports world. And, you know, um, and it got me to thinking like, look, you know, Sean Payton has a six year contract. All right. He has an ownership group in the um, Pinner family. They, I mean, the Walmart group, they, they, it's, it's one of those that, He's got a lot of support. He's got a lot of backing. They gave him the keys to the to the pretty much to the estate. Okay, I mean George Payton. I mean he's just he's he's fortunate, and and I like George. I mean when they hired him, I mean it was you know they were needing a GM. I mean look, you know John Elway is is the sole reason at the age of seven that I even started to pay attention to this organization from the 210 in San Antonio. But the reality of it is, you know, I've always said his tenure at GM was a mix of bags. I mean, he he built one of the best scoring offenses in NFL history, and he built one of the most historic defenses, probably one of the top four defenses, the top three defenses of all time. But the last few years – and really what really killed them is them years that that sheriff was there, Peyton, and when they were, you know, winning the division, five, they were the Kansas City Chiefs, they were winning the division five or six times in a row. The, the one thing that really basically got that organization, in my opinion, to this point is because there's a lot of picks that he missed on. The Cody Latimer, there's a lot of picks, man, from wide receivers to running backs to linemen that John missed on. And those started to, you know, you know, rear their ugly head probably when you started to get into the 2000 and probably 19 season, a year or two after the Super Bowl. So I think George was what they needed at the time because it was just John and Joe Ellis running amok in the front office, in that building. I mean, he's responsible for every trophy on and off the field that Doe Valley has. But the reality of the situation is, is that they were running amok. There was no one to answer to because the kids were fighting back and forth in regards to having the, who, you know, do we want to sell the team? Do we not? But the point is, George Payton is very lucky to keep his job after last season. As bad as the Hackett situation was and how bad the Russell Wilson, you know, situation was. But like I said, same thing in the Washington Commanders. When you take over a team, most ownership, especially when you're spending this kind of money, you still got to get the lay of the land right. You just don't want to come in. You don't really want to make too many changes. So a lot of that had to do with, hey, the Pinner Group, we, we're, we're new on the job and we've got a big investment. So I think a lot of that had to deal with George. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. And this goes into my point about how much leech does Russ really have with Sean? Because I believe Sean 
has an obligation to the rest of these guys and really what you know the spotlight that's on him for people like me that talk him up or have respect for him you got to win some games it's it, it just, it's real simple w's or l's and it doesn't really matter really who gets them there for you or how you get them so with that said and you got to think one of his first moves was to go give Stidman a little over $10 million to be a backup, which that, you know, that kind of race, like, oh, okay, well, a little bit because, again, and I think it was important because, look, man, I mean, the people that Russ had behind him, that's not really, that's not a threat. That's not really competition. But I will tell you, really, after one preseason game, and and there was questions about it because I think he kind of, in my opinion, they kind of overpaid for him a little bit. And, the, and there's a, Jonas thinks it's a legit quarterback battle for Cleveland in two or three. And I'm telling you, it's a legit one. According to Sean Payton, where it's like, hey, I don't care how you got here. It doesn't matter how much you're making. I'm playing the best players. There's a situation where there's a legit two and three battle going with Dededucci. I know that's not what his name is. This is going to be his name this year, especially if he wins that number two. Just real poise, man. His footwork, it's just like, you know, I mean, come on, XFL. I mean, of course, he spent time with NFL in Dallas, but it, it, he just looked. And again, it's easy to be relaxed when you're the number three. Now, I remember we ain't learned anything. Look at the life of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick was all world as backup coming out of the bullpen. Once you named his ass the starter, he pissed down all his legs. The reason why this is an interesting question on how much leash Russ has, because the organization has to make a decision. I think it's I don't have the exact date, but I know it's around April 20th, something or something going into the, you know, after the Super Bowl, after the season, getting ready for draft. There's a kicker that comes in in regards to this salary. And when you start talking about getting to the 48 million range or whatever it's going to be, that's kicking in that they're going to have to make a decision on. Is Russ going to be under center for this team or on this team come 2024 season? Because if you don't make that decision, then all of a sudden that parlays over to the 2024. At the end of the day, that's going to be a big eyesore and dead cap money. But when you got Walmart money, you can kind of land a little bit easier. And really, if it's about you're talking about a town that expects there is expectations in Denver when it comes to the Denver Broncos. It's always been like that. There's pressure. And especially when you play that quarterback position, I, I remember, man, through the whole Brock Osweiler, through all that stuff, probably even before the, the Peyton Manning era after that. But you can just imagine, I mean, there's a life size picture of John Elway when you walk into this facility at Doe Valley and practice all the time. You got to look at that. And that's and you play that quarterback position. It's tough. It's always been tough. But the reality where I'm interested, if you look at their first few games, I mean, I will tell you. And what the narrative is in regards to how much scrutiny this tandem is going to be under, speaking of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, because remember I told you, if there's three guys that's making big time money on this line, McGlitchy, Powers, and yes, it pains. I want to throw up when I see it, say it, but Garrett Bowles. Those are the three money makers on this offensive line. They've got to get it going. They've got to play nasty and get it going, because the reality of it is if they don't, how do you really see the development of Russ or how this John Payton, you know, pretty much situation go? But you know what? It doesn't matter because if the line doesn't play, it just comes down to are they going to win enough games to be in the hunt in 2023 with Russell Wilson? If not, 
there's some tough decisions. And I think with that said, I'll answer the question that I'm putting out there. You do, you have to look at it to where it's going. You have to probably have him finish the season good or bad. Because you really need to see the whole evaluation to know that when you talk about making a $43 million in dead cap money hit, you need to have all the evidence to know that you're ready to cut bait and say, hey, we just got to move on. Like I've told everybody, I'm on the shot. Sean Payton is with the with the help of the Pinner group and the type of ownership. Sean Payton is going to get the Denver Broncos back to winning. I don't I don't know if that's really going to happen with Russell Wilson or not, but it's going to happen. To be honest with you, I don't really know. I don't know what to expect of Russ. I know what I think is in him, but I know that there's factors around him that could basically be detrimental to him. But at the end of the day, the narrative that's out there is not going to matter. It's not going to matter. So we'll see how it plays out. He laid out a plan, speaking of Sean Payton, about Javante Williams. He's going to play with the 49, play against the 49ers. They're going to be smart with it, as Sean says. But, you know, there's a lot riding and a lot of looking at him, too, because he's one of the most, before he got hurt, he was one of the most physical runners there is in the league, and he was playing on a team that was trash and really on an offensive line that was bad. There's a lot riding with Javante Williams, so I'm going to be interested to see how he goes. And I think the key is going to be how does his body recover after taking hits? Also, being out with that injury. Speaking of the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan. You know, they're having joint practices. They're going to leave for the 49ers. They'll be there tomorrow. They'll play them this weekend. Kyle Shanahan said Brock Purdy would have to melt in training camp to not be the starter. Now, I don't know if that meant, like, if he was just saying, like, melt, like, yo, he had to really, like, be terrible or if that means he was just being a smart ass like it's so damn hot he'd have to melt but regardless is Shanahan had kicked the door down in regards to where he's putting the flag at and with that said that's why I came in here on Monday after the you know week one of the preseason watching that 49ers and Raiders game and you know it's just one of those situations where they both need to move on from each other I don't know when they pick straws. I don't know who who won the straw battle between Mac Jones or trading up for Trey Lance. Well, let me rephrase that because I do believe that um, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan traded up to the number three was number three pick with knowing that they were going to have a selection between they were they were looking for a quarterback but from everything that I've known about the situation it was really coming down to Mac Jones and Trey and what everything I've heard it, it, it I don't know who it was but it wasn't a situation where it was an eye to eye thing but at this point you're not going to recruit those draft picks that you gave up for him, but it's obviously with the lack of snaps that he got just for one year, we're really playing that one year with North Dakota, and then basically the lack of snaps because of injuries that he's got in the National Football League, he needs a fresh start. So if you got the head coach, I mean, it's crazy. You got, you can look at this in San Fran and say, man, that's probably a legit. We understand Brock Purdy took the 49ers to the NFC Championship game, and I think they would have won and went to the Super Bowl if he would have been healthy. But that is what it is. But you look at one situation where you got a guy, even though he's Mr. Irrelevant, he's coming into a situation where everybody can see this is a legit quarterback battle because you got a guy that you traded three first rounds to get up. But down here in Washington land in the nation capital, Ron Rivera, they tell us, 
we don't know. We're not ready to name. Man, it's how. But the reality is you got it in San Fran. Well, we know it looks like there could be some question because upside. But Kyle Shanahan just coming kicking the door down and let you know, hey, it's Brock Purdy. So to me, and there's always been speculation out there, but in my opinion, I think Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. For all the stuff that came out about Mac Jones, about pre-snap or whatever, because to be honest with you, offensively, the way the 49ers are building the weapons they've got, that's the type of team I believe that Mac Jones really could be excelled. That's the type of team and type of talent he was around with Alabama. That's why I feel until further notice, now I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because of Bill O'Brien has showed up, but until further notice, that's why I think Zappi does more with less in New England than Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. But yeah, Kyle Shanahan, that's right. And you know what? Uh, look, playing some preseason games, there's a connection there. Shanahan with the organization. If I'm George Payton, while we're playing this preseason game, I'm just on the I'm just kicking some tires around, but I'm asking, like, what do y'all want for him? Because I'm on the record. I'll tell you right now, Trey Lance or Malik Willis, I would love for George Payton to go try to get either one of those dudes and get them down to Colorado to sit under Sean Payton and Russ, even if it's just for this year and that, because I think they're still upsides. I've got to see Trey Lance go to another organization and, uh, you know, almost like I don't want to throw him under the bus because he had a good preseason game, but almost like a Brock Oswald or situation, not Brock Oswald, but a um, – a uh, Drew Locke situation where I've got to see him at another organization to know like, look, man, you drafted in some messed up situation, but this just, you just maybe not be cut out for the NFL. I got to see that with another organization with trade another. And I've got a lot of respect. Y'all know how much I love and got respect for Kyle Shanahan, but I just need to see him with a fresh start before I write him off and say, he can't play in this league. And I've seen enough to know Malik Willis in time and a belief in the organization. I believe Malik Willis can be a starter in this league with the right coaching staff. I just think he got caught up in a bad situation between my, Mike Vrabel and their former GM that didn't Mike Vrabel from everything. It looks like Mike Vrabel didn't want him and it wasn't his type of quarterback. He wanted. That's why that GM is there no more in, in Tennessee. Speaking of Tennessee, Burt, the receiver, he went down. Now, is this the same? Refresh my memory, Joe. You know, my memory's getting bad as I get older. Is, isn't it the same receiver that got hurt, went down for them last year or no? I can't recall if he's the one that went down last year, and I'll double check that for you. Mm -hmm. um, but he is the one that they traded up for. Remember, then this was the draft night trade with uh, AJ Brown. Him. Then yeah, I think it is him because I, Tennessee. I, if I'm not mistaken, I know Adam Lagoria is our you know congressman for Tennessee Titans, but I think. You know, he missed most of last year, if not he, all. He because, played 11 games last okay, year. Okay, then no, it's not him. My bad. I told you my memory's getting bad. But he went down with a scare. But I think he's going to be okay, right? They said it's just like a... Yeah, LCL sprain. Mm -hmm. um, he's out. going to be out for a few weeks. Okay. All right. Of course, but, we're only a couple of weeks away, or a few weeks away from the NFL season. So that puts week one in question. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I you know, as much as I'm critical today of talking about, um, you know, Stefanski not playing Deshaun Watson, I mean, that's the part you – but I still stand by what I say that. But that you, they're getting hurt in joint practices, in camp. Some of these injuries have been non-contact. Like, what do you do? You're in a no-win situation, in my opinion. 
I mean, football is a contact sport, and it comes down to where, you know, pretty soon, this is the whole point, like, let's just do away with preseason and get in. Like, we don't get guys hurt. Let's get them hurt when it counts. But I'll definitely be an advocate that you've got to at least have two or three. I did, You know, I was tired of four preseason games, but I'll never be the one to tell you that I'm going to be voting for to get rid of all preseason. Nah, nah, I can't do that. They, I mean, offensive line play is bad enough in this league for the most part because they're hard guys to find. But a lot of it has to do because they none of these guys get continuity and then they don't have camp. You can't do two-a-days. And the play does, you know, sometimes it does come in question. You could tell the teams that nobody plays in the preseason and how it looks the first couple of weeks, just the quality of football, in my opinion. I think it was your favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, the other day. Um, though that kind of commented on the fact that the way that these joint practices have developed and the way the, the way that they are now, you get more reps during uh, the joint practices than you would by playing in a preseason game. You can't get hit during the joint practices because it's just a practice. So you get the live pressure. You get the live situations. You're playing against, again, again against a, a first-team defense rather than second stringers or third stringers. Um, but and, and, and so, so you're not dealing with maybe guys – third string fourth string that are, are are just trying to fight and get a job or maybe inexperienced because they're not a one because they can't tackle properly or whatever um so you're from a quarterback standpoint you're safer during the joint practices you get more repetitions during the joint practices and you're still going up against ones I hear it, man, but we still losing bodies on the battlefield in joint practices. I mean, because the whole point of you not playing in but preseason we're not quarterbacks in joint practices, for the most part. I mean, I'm gonna find some wood somewhere around here. Um, <laughs> but we're hearing wide receivers go down with injuries. We're hearing you know linemen go down with injuries, but. We haven't heard quarterbacks going down with injuries. Oh, man, the guy that's getting ready to break the bank went down with a damn non-contact and not joint practice, but it was training camp. And that guy's resides in Cincinnati. Well, that, that was training camp and it wasn't a joint practice. We're talking about joint practices here. Man, look, that's fine. And, and they're like say, Aaron knows what – I ain't never played that damn position, especially damn at the NFL position, but I have at the NFL level. But I damn sure know even joint practices can't simulate even a preseason game and lining up under the lights and going through the real game-like situations, just in my opinion. Listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
it's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.